first story deals with a subculture of heavy metal music that some feel is sending a dangerous message to your kids. The forces of evil on the dark side of devil rock. And I want to talk tonight about the devil and demons and witches and wizards. And we just mix it up with hardcore and aggression and come out with something that we think an original sound. Loud, fast, heavy, you know. Well, what do you got? What do you got? Welcome back to Riff Worship. I am Dylan Adams, as always, the bald, suave, debonair, <laughs> beautiful man he is. And here with me is my illustrious host, Austin Paulson. How are you, that's, bud? That's me. Uh, not bald. Doing good. Uh, I need a haircut, though, unfortunately. Uh, I've been prolonging it for... Just far too long. My my grandmother said something to me the other day. Oh man! I was like mowing the lawn, and she like Facetimed me, and it was like first thing <laughs> wasn't even a hello. Like, oh, it's so good to see you. It's like you need to cut your hair, and I kind of agree. It is getting annoying. It is in my face. You've had long hair before. Oh, like, what's multiple times? Yeah. What's like the biggest? Do you miss something about it? No, no, not at <laughs> no. all. Man. I started losing my hair when I was around 16 or 17, just like little here by there. And I yeah. knew I had, I had balding men on both sides of my family. It was coming. It was coming. And like, I was just like, can't wait. And it was kind of like <laughs> a, it was kind That's of a right. jab. It was kind of a slight jab at my dad who was like kind of self-conscious about, it. I was like, I yeah. can't wait. And you knew this, like you, you I, were just like good hat the entire oh, time. Yeah, you got to get a good hat. And the minute, like I, you sent me, I think, a link to the actual like trimmer I bought. You're like, you got to get one of these, bud. And it's been the best thing I've ever purchased. Oh, uh, the, the um, the hand trimmer, the Freedom Grooming. Yeah, yeah. I think I saw uh, Harley, Harley from yeah. Chromax, just like looking out a window while he just kind of like cruised it above his mm-hmm. dome. And I'm like, man, that Dill could use that. The yeah. Freedom. It's the, it's it's perfect, man. You get in the shower, you buzz it, you're out. Like, um. I don't I don't miss having long hair at all. There's not a single thing that makes me miss it. It was a lot of effort. And I had really long hair at, at a certain point. And yeah. it was just a lot to manage. And I think I would always wear my hair a little bit longer, even when it was like cut shorter. I would mm-hmm. always kind of let the top get a little bit longer, kind of like, like a, uh, I guess, like a weird devil lock. Yeah, um, I would always wear it pretty long. But after a while, it was God, just just fall out already. When I. I'm in a very awkward position, like a, a very awkward stage of it now where I feel like I wear a hat all the time right. and I do like being able to push my hands through it. But mm-hmm. that the time frame of like when it's like this is great is yeah. so it's so brief and I I can't there are very few days where I'm like, all right, I'm having a good day. It's always like <laughs> I hate the way this looks. I hate this. I hate me. And uh, I'll just bury it. Just wear uh, wear a hat forever. And it'll be good fine. hat. A good hat. Uh, speaking of good hats, I don't know. Does Anna, does this oh, wait, 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 here's the segue. No, this, this will be a good one. Um, um, good I hats. Good hats. Uh, I want to revert back to a few years ago. Okay. Uh, we are, we, we have like a day off. Uh, we are driving to Nashville. Uh, we're about to see uh, a little band known as the Darkest Hour yep. uh, at the, uh, the, Famous Basement East in Nashville. Yep. And uh, we arrive at a, at a Thai restaurant. Uh, uh, thai, the thai Phuket 2. The second. Yep. It was very good. Uh, we very Extremely qu- good. 
we very quickly realized we were there on the wrong day. <laughs> it was the next day. It was the next day. We yeah. we did we did make it. It was a fantastic show. I had a great time. Um uh but a a, a thing happened where I saw uh I saw you get starstruck. Yeah. Like I'd never seen you get starstruck yeah. before. You usually it's the only time. Not a not very many people will do that for old Dill. Uh but you basically turned to me and got very quiet and stiff. <laughs> and who did you see in this Thai restaurant? So let's like, all right, couple guys walking in black, which is kind of like, all right, you look you over, know. you know, you yeah. know, you know, like, you know, they're probably doing something that you're doing. And it ends up being the bass player on the album we're talking about today. It's uh yeah. He's a Nashville-based bass player. His name's Evan Brewer. Uh, he's played in many different groups. Um, but the big thing for me was the album by the band he was in called Animosity, called mm-hmm. Animal. Uh, and they had just put out, like, they had just repressed some, like, sweatshirts or something. Yeah. And I had the sweatshirt on. Yes. He's in the restaurant in the same sweatshirt. And Is he, like, was he wearing it, too? He was in the same sweatshirt. That's and it was just like, oh God, which like, is a flex in itself. Like, you, yeah. I mean, the band has been broken up for quite some time now, yeah, but you got to do something with that, I suppose. Yeah, and it was just like, man, because I, I am completely against like pestering anybody. Mm. You know, even when like we had that picture with like Kirk, it was more of like, yeah. oh, hey, it's Kirk. Like, let's yeah. go talk to him. <laughs> this was a little bit more like, I have, I have watched your playing since i was like 17 years old like, yeah i know the notes that you play i know the other bands you were in like woof that was uh <laughs> one it, it made like not going to that show on the wrong day like that much more fun <laughs> which and he you did end up talking to him very briefly correct yeah, just for a quick minute you didn't i think uh if anything you know i think you played it well where you're yeah. like i'm not gonna bother him but he made a point to come up to you yeah and i think he even like while we were ordering he like posted on his Instagram he story did. a picture of you like, how does this happen? Like, yeah, he did. <laughs> that and so that, yeah, that was cool. I I lost that hoodie, um, but I have owned many pieces of Animosity merch throughout the years, in which we'll touch on. This is a very merch centric band, uh, and I mean I, I already said it, but the album we're going to talk about today is Animal by the band mm. Animosity, um, and I think. You just recently listened to this for the first time. It's a listen. It's 28 minutes, but you probably got 60 minutes worth of riffs in. It, there is so much happening. Um, yes, yeah, so this is the first time that I had really sat down and properly mm-hmm. listened to this uh, record, this band, really in general. Um, man, this is is crazy. There's yeah. a lot going on for sure. Um, you kind of mentioned earlier, which I think is a, a second ago, where you started listening to this band probably when you were 17. This band has mm-hmm. been playing together probably around the same. They were in their teens when they started this band, correct? Yes. Uh, they had two more albums prior to Animal. Um, uh, I think one was called Empire, and the other one was called... Give me a moment. Um, and those albums were a little bit more like hardcore-centric and a little bit more... Um, they they never were a straightforward hardcore band. They were a little bit more like deathcore centric, and those albums were a little bit more like beat downy and like a little slammier. Uh, mm-hmm. Animals were like the tech stuff really came in, 
And it was just, all right, we're going balls to the wall. We're doing three and a half minute songs. We're doing all that. Uh, Shut It Down and Empires. Those were the first two records. And right. those albums in their own right are rad. Really rad albums. It was. It allowed me to go back and listen to But yeah, this one had repeated listens for me. Uh, it is a quick record. Like you yeah. said, it's like less than 30 minutes. So 28 but, minutes. Um, which it was necessary because I really wanted to... I really wanted to hear every little thing. And there, there's a, there are a lot of layers. There are a lot of different parts. Um, this does not slow down even slightly for one second. It slows um, down at the end, at the very tail yeah. end, it finally slows down to like this big dirge and then it's over. It is uh, very much a sprint. Um, the thing I found most interesting about this record in a lot of ways was, and maybe you can shine a light on this sure. more than I can, but uh the influence of members of the Massachusetts area that have like helped this band along the way. Uh, this was a release uh, distributed by black market activities as well as metal blade. Yeah. Uh, the black market activities uh, owned by Guy Kozowick from the red cord. Right. And yep. so I guess this is like a label that founded not long after the band started. Uh, this was like founded in 2003 Mm-hmm. Uh, very much focused in extreme music. Uh, yep. Just to kind of go through their roster a little bit, they had Ed Gein, yep. uh, Tony Danza, Tap Dance, Tap Dance Extravaganza. I think yep. they put out some Lamb of God uh, stuff as well. Uh, maybe people remember like Gaza or Cancer Bats. The uh, Network. Um, they did a couple Fit for an Autopsy records. Maybe yep. the first Fit for an Autopsy record. Uh, Black Market had a pretty vast catalog at one point. Yeah, and it was a. It was a label that was not adjacent to Metal Blade. And the mm-hmm. only reason Metal Blade had distribution was because the red cord was signed to the metal was signed to Metal Blade. Got it. And uh, I mean there was some really cool stuff like uh our mutual friend Swindle had was a big fan of a few of the bands like the Network, Engineer, um Ed Gein. Yep. Like a lot of bands. Like there's some really Black Market put out some really cool stuff. Psyopus, that's another one I didn't okay. want to forget. They put out a couple uh Psyopus records, I believe. Uh but no, that, that was a really cool thing. Like this album's not necessarily Metal Blade adjacent or Metal mm-hmm. Blade released, but it's distributed. Yeah, and so uh it's kind of cool that I think uh Animosity had played with the red chord pretty early on. It seems like that oh, band yeah had taken them under their wing or at least like helped them get to the level that they were at. Um, there's also uh, a few other uh, folks from the Massachusetts area. Uh, Kurt yep. Ballou of Converge. He recorded and mixed this record at God yep. City. Um, I think he also plays uh, saxophone on this album. Uh, Elucidation is the yep. name of the track. Yeah, yep. you're right. Um, he, yep. Animosity also toured with Converge at one point, maybe probably yep. a couple times, but um, yeah, just the the players like uh, obviously guy as well. He he is on uh, this record. Uh, so I think a passionate journey. So yep, uh, he's on a passionate journey. Uh, and you want to talk about like uh, Boston guys? Uh, Evan Brewer played in a band called Reflux prior mm. to Animosity, and I think they were I think they were considered a Boston band as well. I I may be wrong on that. Very early like tech kind of metalcore. He was in it. Tosin from Animals as Leaders was in it. Yeah. Um, and the owner, the singer of Reflux, Ash Avildsen, owns and runs and operates uh, Sumerian Records, which was a huge record label 
it, it still is, but it was a had a huge um made a huge dent into the scene of like tech deathcore and like technical metalcore and all that stuff in the like 2000 teens in that period. What are um what if I asked you like because this was like a very this I feel like there was an explosion of this this style at the time. Yeah. Uh what what oh, yeah. are what are some other bands that you would name drop maybe Man. that kind of sound similar? Well, I I absolutely consider this a deathcore record. Mm-hmm. Um and I think a lot of I think there's a lot of hate on that genre of music, just as much as there is on any genre for like oversaturation and it happens. But you always can go back and look at the kind of purveyors and people that did it well, you know. Um Animosity did it really well, but bands that I would say could still do I think Job for a Cowboy did a great job with it. Uh, there's a couple of Whitechapel records, which are a little bit more in the kind of uh, breakdown area that did it well. But like, this is a hard band to pinpoint. I mean, this mm-hmm. is a hard band. They have influences that are of like Dying Fetus, uh, Misery Index is in there. I mean, Deeds of Flesh, Decrepit Birth. Uh, all the California death metal bands. Uh, shout out to Cali Death Podcast, uh, who has given me a lot of information on a lot of like the beginnings of this. Um, I mean, you could even throw in like Despised Icon in kind of this vein. Uh, but Animosity had this great vibe going because they were still a DIY band. They were doing it all themselves and, you know, crazy shows, crazy sweaty shows. I think one of their very last shows was like in a park in like the Bay Area. Just <laughs> bodies everywhere. Um, I mean, there was some wild stuff. And, you know, it, there's some heavy hitters that guested on this record. Obviously, you know, Kurt and Guy we talked about. But you also had, I mean, you had Travis Ryan doing guest vocals on this record from Cowboy yeah. Decapitation. Uh, you had uh, Bob um, Bob from A Life Once Lost doing guest vocals on this record. Yep. You've got a lot of, like, heavy hitters sneaking in there. And there was a lot of respect for this band. And this kind of, when we talked about human remains, this is another one of those bands of like, all right, we're done. You know, they, they broke up in like Oh nine, but they're just like, we're done. This is it. This is all you're going to get. We've had enough time with this. Um, I mean, the, the writing on this album is just riff after riff after riff. I mean, there's groove to it, but it's fast. Uh, I mean, I believe it's the song um, tooth grinder. Just has this great, this great drum feel that kicks it in in this groove, and I mean, you've got Tooth Grinder in here. Terror Storm is a killer opening track. Oh yeah, lyrically wonderful too. I was kind of yeah. reading into. I mean, just Leo's got some wild who, lyrics. Who went? Who benefits from the world ablaze? It was yeah. like, whoa! All right, cool. Uh, Tooth Grinder, another great one, uh, and uh, they had the video for it as yep. well that uh, I saw on the. Uh, it's, is it on a bus? Yeah, so they like are just hanging out at a. They walk out of the house. They're kind of goofing around downtown, and then they just jump on a bus, and then out of nowhere, all of their gears magically yeah. appeared, and they're just playing on a, at a literal moving bus, and then uh, walk off. They go to their show. Uh, you know, <laughs> spills a guy's drink all over himself in a sweater, and then they're playing the show. Yep, and um, yeah, it was. Pretty pretty fun. Um, I, 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 did you have MTV two like Headbangers yep. Ball? I think this was kind of like in, oh yeah, it was on there. It was on rotation. Uh, it's kind of cool to see like you know some of the. I love when bands wear shirts of other groups for sure. Oh yeah, 
Uh, I think the singer's wearing like a neurosis t-shirt or something like that. And then, I mean, that's California. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then uh, the th- one thing when I was rewatching it that kind of came back to was the uh, the Alexi uh, Laho. Is that how you pronounce his last oh. name? Alexi. He was had that signature model too. That's wild. Which I was like, damn, this takes me back to every guitar world yeah. that I've ever had. <laughs> so I I think that band had a full on ESP endorsement at that point or by that point, I think everybody was using ESP stuff in that band. Sure. Um, I mean, that is, I saw them one time and in Arkansas, yeah, so you would have seen them on this tour. It was like, either right before the album came out or right after. I can't remember if this came out in September, or October of 07. So I looked up this a little bit just to see mm-hmm. what the touring was like. Um, and so there was a tour uh, in 2007 with Between the Buried Me, uh, Horse the Band, and The yes. End. Yep. And so uh, the they played in Rocket Town in Nashville. They also played in uh, the, at the Logan Square Auditorium in, in Chicago. But you said you saw them where? In Arkansas at a venue called Juanitas. It was, okay. half, it was a Mexican restaurant and venue. <laughs> I, so, love I saw a lot of great shows there. Oh, yeah. Um, what was the... Um, when I first moved to Kentucky, there was a venue in Nashville that... I had missed, but it was like it had become like a KFC. Oh, it became a Domino's. It was oh, the that's Muse. What it <laughs> the what a, was it? The Muse. The Muse. An adorable, adorable little shithole. <laughs> oh, I love that venue. I mean that that's the that's it is not known if it was bullet holes in the bathroom wall or if it was a glory hole or whichever. <laughs> you know, it was a great venue. There was some wild stuff that happened there. Uh, throughout the years, a lot of stuff I never saw, but like I saw a few shows there, um, played a couple shows there. Mm. Uh, there are guys that are probably a little bit older than myself that would know more about the Muse than I would. Um, but I liked the Muse. I thought it was weird. It was extremely dangerous to go to, apparently. <laughs> well, tell me about uh, you said Juanitas. Mm-hmm. Where so it's in Arkansas. Yep. What, do you remember the first time you went there? Uh, the first time I went to Juanita's was, man, I think I was 16. Mm. And I think I saw, I saw Bullet for My Valentine. Dang. I saw. What a time. I, I actually saw 18 Visions open up for Bullet oh, for My Valentine. Okay. So that was an odd one. That 18 Visions had put out their self-titled record, which was like this weird modern, like polished hair metal record, which is actually a pretty good record. Um, but that was the first time I went there and, you know, it maybe held 300 people, maybe. I mean, it was a bar and grill, uh, <laughs> but I saw some great shows at that little shithole. Do you remember um, much about this show in particular? Yeah, I, I remember quite a bit about the show. Yeah. Um, I believe, I believe Animosity opened and I had never heard of them until that point, but I just remember just the wildest stage presence, the wildest show I'd ever seen at that point. I felt like my head got knocked back. Uh, I'm sure they were playing um, animal era stuff by that point. Um, But it was just like they played, they were on for about 25 minutes maybe, and it was done. And it was just, what the fuck did I just see? I got to go check the merch (laughs) booth out. And, you know, at that point I hadn't picked anything up from their merch booth, but I remember and a lot, anybody that listens to this uh, is going to know exactly what I'm talking about that knows about animosity is they had a gold foil uh, hooded sweatshirt that said, had their logo on the front. 
It was in gold foil. And that was kind of that era <laughs> when a lot of bands started doing that. I think Animosity and Despised Icon mm. were the two big bands that really did that and brought it out first. Uh, but they have some of the wildest artwork on their merch, thanks yeah. to, uh, I mean, the album artwork. That's a lot of yeah. it. That's a Paul Romano piece. That's right. That's a big deal. So I know he did their uh, previous record, Empires, yep. as well. Uh, mm-hmm. What are, could you name a few other ones? I don't know if off the top of my head what he uh, what else. Oh has man, he done? he's he's done. Oof, he did. He's done some Hate Eternal records. Mm-hmm. He's done essentially. He did the first four Mastodon records. Got and it. the most recent Mastodon record. Uh, man, there's a lot of stuff. He did Triviums, like Roadrunner debut. Um, How's he's that done back? a lot. How's that back treating you? Uh, it's good. It's good today. Yeah. Um, we, the so first couple days were a little rough. That's one of his pieces? Like, that's one of the, his artwork uh, pieces? Yeah, the, as well? the Crack the Sky artwork is uh, is one of his. So, we I think we talked about this on an earlier episode as well. So, mm-hmm. how how much further along do we need until the dill's back is complete are we gonna are we gonna be like on episode 100 before <laughs> i mean anywhere that you see pale flesh like is gonna be covered <laughs> yeah it's, it's gonna be my entire back i mean it's there's a lot left and oh, it's yeah. uh and it's grueling but i know it's gonna look cool when it's done do you and, uh do you sit like hunched forward in your car uh, oh it's not that bad oh okay no gotcha. it's, it's not that bad like it's tattoos are a lot easier to deal with now with some of the you know, way they wrap them at the end of it and everything, it, they heal a lot quicker. You know, and it's tattoo maintenance is so much better than what it once was. I'm I'm a weenie, and both of my tattoos are on my thigh, and they're just like outlines or whatever. But the uh, they all hurt. The, just the thought of having it on my yeah. back, I was just like, I'm gonna sleep on my tummy. Like just <laughs> <laughs> it's the so they they use this stuff called Saniderm now. That's like an adhesive bandage, and you can put it on there, and like it mm. helps heal it, keeps it clean, and you can basically leave it on for about three days and then you pull it off and everything's pretty well healed. Um, this Saniderm that uh, I've had used on me the last couple visits I've made has an adhesive that does not go away quickly. So like all of my shirts are sticking to me. Like I stuck to the bed. It was just like, all right, this, <laughs> the, the mattress insult to injury. <laughs> yeah. The ma- I, I'm walking with a mattress on my back. I'm like a turtle. Uh, but no, Paul Romano artwork. I mean, it's pretty synonymous. Um, I think indie merch recently dropped some new animosity like designs. And of course I had to grab a couple of them. Um, it's nice it's always, to have those finally. It's always good when like, I kind of get bummed when a band splits up and then like, yeah. I, I kind of miss out on his uh, design or a particular shirt, but, um, you know, they, whoever, maybe like cold merch or so, whoever, like one of those yeah. companies, they're still putting out stuff like in the store. I'm like, yeah, I. Why would I? Just because you're gone doesn't mean I don't want like a crew neck or yeah. something. How many? How many weekend nachos destroy the Christian Wright shirts have have you owned? Because I know I've owned I think two. Uh, I have one, and I think I accidentally threw it in with like a red sock or something. <laughs> even, even better. Yeah. Um. I have a few. I have a few things. I got. Um. I have the uh, Jock Power Violence. Yeah, that's a good neck. one. I have the Sun Rip shirt that i bought yeah. through cold merch uh merch um and uh i have a few other i have a freddy krueger shirt uh yeah it's red right great. that's a black one is it uh, oh that's right but it's like kind of gray now because i just that's wear the hell out concert, of it it's concert black. yeah um i had a lot of things i had quite a few uh that, that's another one that they still have like yeah. shirts that come out that are pretty great that that's a band that just like 
their merch their i think their uh, <laughs> their view of merch was like sure put it on like they would put out like uh i remember one had like beaker on it or oh, just like a perfect. picture of like <laughs> withered that's... old Rodney Dangerfield on the front, <laughs> <laughs> just like uh, oh no respect, like you oh, know. <laughs> take my wife, please. Um, so this band had merch. Yeah, uh, they had the they had the artwork. Great artwork. Uh, what else? What What can you say? That's what else sticks out about this record to you? Like, why does this stand out? Man, you know, as a, and also like a final record. I mean, really, yeah, I'd imagine again kind of coming out like leaving the game on top so the the things that stand out to me on this record are obviously what we're here for which are the riffs i mean there are hundreds on this record uh and it's just like that is and the there's so many and there's so many time changes and so many things stacked on top of each other that's a very um representative of some of the California death metal bands, mm. uh, Deeds of Flesh, Decrepit Birth, Disgorge, all of those like very brutal bands were just like riff, like war zones. And that's a lot of that. But these guys almost put it in a structure to where there were still songs there. Um, but the big thing for me on this record was the drumming. Um, I mean, okay. you've got, I'm, I'm going to butcher his last name, but you've got Naveen Copperweiss playing on this record. And he was, I mean, he, I believe he was on the first two uh, Animosity records as well, but his drumming is like top tier on this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he went on to be in Animals as Leaders. Mm. Uh, he went on to do a project called Flesh Rot with Johnny Davey from Job for a Cowboy doing That's vocals, right. uh, which is like crazy. It's a, another short record, but it's just balls to the wall. Um, but basically, he plays drums on this. Uh, he might have even written some of the guitar stuff. He's just a great musician. He, I actually just saw his uh, his current band, Entheos, mm. uh, recently, and he, I mean, that's his band. That's he and his uh, significant other's band. Was Evan and in that band as well? Evan was in that band on, yeah, he recorded their first EP with them, and mm. he recorded bass on the most recent record, although he doesn't tour with them. Got it. So like and there's another tie in with that. When I looked uh just kind of through, you know, the metallum of, of this Absolutely. band too, I think Evan was also briefly in the faceless. Sure was. Which I remember that band very distinctly yep. in high school, which I feel like is another one maybe that yep. fits into this kind of yeah, absolutely. world. They were he, they were they were big deal. They were big deal for sure. And, uh, or at least was, in my circles. Yep. He was on the Autotheism record, which I mm-hmm. believe came out in twenty twelve. Got it. Okay. Um, Evan, the, the downside to Evan being on this record is he's buried in the mix. Ah, you can't hear him. I think the only time you can hear him is on that final track where it's just all the other instruments are starting to fade out and you hear this really distorted bass line playing with the drums. And maybe that's why. Maybe he's so buried because his bass is so distorted on it. It's almost got mm-hmm. like a an overdriven tone to it. And that's, I mean, this is the type of music you want that in. So maybe that's why it was buried, but he's on here. He plays he's an extremely good bass player. Um, is he also in Fallujah too? No, he is not in Fallujah. Um, he's played in multiple bands. He's toured okay. with multiple bands, uh, but um, he was in, he definitely was in Animosity, was in The Faceless for a short amount of time. Um, Entheos for the debut EP called Primal, um, which 
if you want something kind of in the vein of animosity, check out that first. I, uh, I think he might be primal. I think he might be on their latest record. The loop. Yeah. You're right. He recorded the bass on the most recent record. Okay. You are correct. Yes. And a guy named Killian plays bass with them now. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, you are, you are correct in that. Yep. Interesting. The, uh, we saw that band live and I will, you will until never my, until my dying day. <laughs> Kindergarten I, cop. That one, I don't know what he played. I forget if he was the guitar player. I don't think he plays with them anymore. That dude looked like the villain. From the <laughs> I uh, had the Jason Newstead haircut. Oh my God. I, was, I couldn't. Uh, the band was great. They played wonderfully live. Right. And, uh, but I, I was thinking about it the entire time. Like this guy's got this slick back ponytail. Like he just needs to be like looking for his son and, uh, in, a, in an elementary school, which I think people forget, like Arnold movies are so funny to me. Like some of them, in that it's not enough to kill the bad guy; you also have to take his wife. And his family. <laughs> Fuck you, asshole! There, that's happened multiple times. Kindergarten Cop. I think there's a movie called like Collateral Damage, where oh, that's a great one. It wasn't enough just to like yeah kill the bad guy. Your family. That's that's my family. <laughs> nice deep cut with the collateral damage. That's like oh, an O three film. I I love Arnold. They have like a documentary coming out. I think on Netflix Can't wait. soon. Gotta watch it. Absolutely, Can't wait. no question about it. I I mean I'm not even like I don't even really work out. I don't, but I love. Yeah. I'll watch Pumping Iron. I'll enjoy. Oh, it. I'll, absolutely. <laughs> I mean that's that's a that's a crack open a couple cold ones on a Saturday night yep, kind of thing. Sure. That's Gut that type out. of movie. Uh, my gut's out. I'm watching like Lou Ferrigno and Arnold just like <laughs> just doing curls. Weights. Oh, yeah. Um, oh. Anyway, sorry. Evan. Evan's Weird segue. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Evan Brewer is buried in the mix. You know, uh, it's a shame. I, I even saw uh, there's a guitar player that I'm a big fan of named uh, Wes Hout. And he, I think, posted about this album uh, in his Instagram feed at one point, And I think he titled it Injustice for Evan. And it's like, I could see that. Like, I get it. Uh, but it's it's hard to, like, gripe too much about this album because it's so short. It's so well done. It's so well executed. It's pretty varied. I mean, there's a track on here that is literally just drums and vocals. Mm. And it, it's it's really intense because then it kicks into this, like, crazy track right after it. Um, I mean, it's got the guest vocal spots on it. Uh, it's got the Kurt Ballou production, which was a pretty early one. Yeah, it's, I mean... And this is also know. a weird band for him to do. Yeah, this is not typically yeah something that I would think. I mean, he's done a lot of different projects over the years, certainly. But, yep. I mean, he's recorded everybody from, you know, Bowl of Hell to, you know, Chelsea Wolfe. High on fire. High on fire, for sure. Woo! Lee rules, bro. Yep. Um, but, yeah, like, sonically, not something I would have anticipated him to do. But, I mean... He has, he's one of these guys, and there's a few of them out there now where maybe he he's on like the East Coast and he kind yeah. of takes the reins on like, you know, having a, I mean, converge in general, just having the the reach and yeah. uh, whether you know in distribution or uh, down to the record, literally, the the amount of impact they've had outside of influence as a band themselves, uh, being directly involved with a lot of these you know, younger bands over, yeah. you know, 20 years or so. Uh, pretty incredible. It's, if there was no Converge, there'd essentially be no modern metalcore mm. at all, at all, at, at 
all. I know it's very far removed from what it originally was, but there'd be nothing like that to this ilk. There wouldn't be modern hardcore bands, anything like that. Converge might be the most important band in hardcore within the last 20 years, 25 years. Yeah, I'd Um, say that. You know, I mean, it's, I used to compare them to as like a hardcore centric uh, neurosis. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we'll, we'll dive into that band at some point. It's a shame, Um, but it's, you know, you've got Converge and the fact that they've got their hands on everything. Mm -hmm. And the fact that this is an odd duck recording for Kurt, because this is a little bit like, this is a form of music. You kind of want that weird, crisp, like polished, Mm -hmm. uh, hyper, you know, modern um, production style too, right? Sure. Because it's so technical. And it's not to say that Kurt's productions are bad by any, any range. Uh, He's got great production. Um, but this is a weird one, and it, it always struck me as weird. It always threw me for it threw me for a loop, knowing that he produced the record, and just going, that just seems so odd. I mean, it's it's like a very it's a weird amalgamation of like hardcore and death metal on this, which is where you know the deathcore centric stuff comes from. I mean, it's it came out at a weird time. It came out before deathcore had its boom. They kind of got swept under the rug. I think they probably just were like maybe through with it by that point and were burned out from touring so much for the last, for the four years of the band's career. And we're just like, Hey man, we, there's not a whole lot we can do. You know, um, things happen, right? Things happen. Bands change. And luckily with this band, you've got so many legs and so many things that you've got all these great bands that you can choose from. I mean, Evan Brewer, anything that he's done in his catalog. I mean, The Faceless, Reflux, uh, Animosity. Uh, he And every so often you might, if you go to some of the local clubs in Nashville, you might actually see him playing uh, with a couple bands there, like stepping in. Uh, mm. Let's see, Naveen lives in Nashville now. Uh, apparently he'll just roll up to a bar on like a jazz night and just get behind the kit and just like lay waste. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Naveen's on tour with Entheos. They just put a new record out, which is a really good record. Um, but like any of Naveen's projects, Animals as Leaders, Flesh Rot, Entheos, uh, Dan Kinney, who is a name that uh, you may not know, but Dan Kinney was one of the bass players in this band at one point. Okay. And Dan Kinney went on to be the bass player in Suicide Silence. Yeah, so, okay. he, so you've got that tie. And he was also in a great Bay Area band called Life is City. That was like a melodic death metal band with a uh, a great female vocalist, great uh, vocalist um, as well. Uh, to kind of segue back to this, Entheos uh, Cheney is a great vocalist as well. Um, and then you've got Chase Frazier, who's in this band as well, that played live with Decrepit Birth. I believe he's in a, a tech death band called Continuum. He was in a band called Son of Aurelius. Uh, he was in a band or still is in a band called Cognitive. So like he's still mm. death metal rooted, but like there's some wild stuff from like adjacent to this band that you could listen to. Do you think, why do you think this band, and I think maybe you touched on it a little bit, but why do you think this band did ultimately kind of, I don't know, you said it kind of got swept under the rug and yeah. you know, there is kind of this weird uh, stipulation with, Uh, The genre as a whole, I think, you know, maybe you can shine a light on that. Like, why do you think this band, um, I think, again, maybe in in underground circles, you know, they people will reference this band, certainly. But 
you know, maybe to mass audiences who got in on the, you know, the boom of deathcore wasn't necessarily one that stood out or at least not to me growing up. Like I'm, I I'll say this as a person who didn't really grow up listening to that, like, you know, subsect of, uh, of the genre, but I don't know what, what, what do you think it is? What, why was it just the wrong, like wrong time? Maybe just, you know, I don't know. What, what do you think? Too much chocolate in the peanut butter, man. Um, (laughs) It's, I think there was, it was too death metal for the hardcore kids, maybe. And it was a little too, to me, they don't sound like a dyed in the wool hardcore band. Um, But maybe there was too much hardcore ethos to it for a lot of the, like the, just, you know, the traditional death metal people, the ones with the cargo pants and the, you know, the combat boots with the Mm -hmm. hair and they still got the same, like, you know, covenant, you know, t-shirt from like 92 and, you know, they're not having anything of it, but, and I think with the burgeoning death core scene that was happening around this period, I don't think they had breakdowns like Mm. that style of breakdown. They didn't have the, you know, standard kind of metal core breakdown. It was a little bit different, but they were, I think what you're seeing now in like the tech death world and the the brutal death world, I think there's so much influence from this band in there that some people don't even see it. Um, I think the the youth nature of it being there is uh, what's there. It was a bunch of young guys playing crazy music, mm-hmm. practicing constantly, uh, and just touring their asses off. You know, playing these really small like tours. Um, you know, I know they did some larger tours right before the band fell apart, mm-hmm. but I don't think they got like the big tie-in. You know, sure. uh, they did some of the. I know they toured with like Job for a Cowboy really early on because there's a video called "The Black Page," which I think is off the Empire's album. Mm. Uh, that Naveen is wearing a Job for a Cowboy shirt, you know, drumming, and that's like '05. It's just yeah. a black Job for a Cowboy shirt with a green logo on it. And that's it. So like, there you go. Um, you know, this is, uh, it's kind of a weird outlier record. It's, it's kind of like the human remains EP we talked about, you know, everyone in the, there are a lot of people in the underground that know it. They remember the band, but there's also so many people that'll never probably delve in and dig into this band because it's just, it's not really out there right now. You know, um, now has this received any sort of, uh, treatment? within the past few years? Like, I mean, I, I know it's, you know, it was no. released in 07, but nothing. You know, I know no maybe until there nothing. is a, an interest, I suppose. I mean, you know, obviously we're talking about it now. Yeah. I was very much interested to get into this record. Uh, just, you know, having our past experiences together and our discussions about it. But the, um, do you feel like there is a, you know, where, what is the current state? now like do you feel like this is a style that would come back in full like i'm not familiar i don't know do you think there is a um a uh a crowd or like an audience for this sound or maybe this particular record do you do you see any whispers of that or like i i don't think you're going to get a reunion of any sort of anything like that they're never going to come back uh a repress would be great uh, mm-hmm. I don't know who would take it over because I don't think Black Market is even a, a label anymore. Okay. Um, you know, that might be something that Metal Blade takes. I, I don't know. Um, it would be nice to have a repress of this. It may never, ever happen. Um, it's a 
I think there is a market for it. I think there is interest in this type of music because like death metal's gotten pretty popular again in the last two to three years. That's true. Um, there's been a resurgence of it, you know, and it's not just like the old school sounding stuff. I think there's right. a resurgence in some of the modern sounding stuff as well. Um, and this is a good blending of both of that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, not, you know, um, I, I also think that Deathcore is no longer being viewed as the dirty word it was in 07, 08, 09. And I think that stuff's coming back. I mean, you've got bands like Sanguasugabog, Vomit mm-hmm. Forth, uh, Gates to Hell, uh, Cruelty from Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm obviously naming bands from a tour I'm going to go see. Uh, but like, <laughs> where, are they, where are they playing at? Uh, they're playing at the end. Oh, nice. Uh, oh, that's going to be fun. But you've got bands like that coming out that are just writing really rad stuff. And it's it's deathcore. Like, someone's yeah. going to like, someone's going to lash me for saying that, but it's deathcore. It's, it's, uh, death me- it's, hard, it's death metal influenced hardcore or hardcore influenced death metal. It's there. Right. Bands like Dying Fetus are now legacy acts. Yep. Uh, you know, you've got Slam that's getting popular. Um, Talk about merch. Man, that, band, like, that band's got merch. Dying Fetus? Yeah, like, yeah. Man, I Do mean, I've the, got, I yeah, still have the knife. Yeah. Um, their last <laughs> album they put out is called Wrong One to Fuck With. And on the flip side of this knife, this pocket knife, it just says that. I got a bumper sticker with it. Like, oh, man. Absolutely. So, um, um, yeah. I mean, you look at like the boom of like a band. Uh, like Lorna Shore, which is a deathcore band mm-hmm. in every sense. Um, yeah, all the other bands in that genre are going to benefit from that. The legacy bands that have been around since the beginning, your White Chapels, your Suicide Silences, your Despised Icons, your uh, Winds of Plague, all of those, you're going to see a bit of a resurgence from there. And not all of their stuff is great, and that's okay because not every... There has never been a band that I've listened to that has a perfect catalog. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be things you prefer over others. Um, but I think there is a market for that. You know, we're about 15 years separated from when Deathcore really started like lunging forward. And you've got some really good bands that are doing it well right now that are just writing good songs in that vein because that's yeah. what it ultimately boils down to. And I think Animals got great songs. Yeah, and maybe it, like you mentioned, uh, very similar to our previous episode with Human Remains. It's yeah. a bunch of young guys. Um, maybe the, again, maybe it's a, ahead of their time in a lot of ways. They just maybe didn't necessarily fit in uh, in any particular crowd. You got a little bit of this, you got a little bit of yeah. that, uh, but maybe it, it's going to take a minute, maybe for people to recognize that or understand and and really. Maybe it'll just be another band uh, yeah. now to say it'll be like it'll take one band to be like, hey, I really enjoyed Animal. Like that was a pretty pivotal record for me. You can hear it on, you know, on my stuff. This is why I do what I do. Yeah. And that happens all the time. There's been so many bands now where I wasn't familiar with a release maybe from the early 2000s. It was a very right. specific and crazy time uh, to yes, be a metal band or a hardcore band. Um, the wild west. I don't know. It was, there's just a lot going on. A lot of different, uh, different, uh, uh, trends that maybe no longer exist today, but. So what benefited this band a lot in that period was MySpace. Yeah. MySpace was a big deal. Um, that's how a lot of bands announced tours. They would self book tours through it. They would use, it was a great tool, Mm. you know, suicide silence and job for a cowboy got signed off of, of, MySpace, you know, likes and 
or whatever it was at that point uh, plays. <laughs> and, you know, yes, those bands were hardworking bands. They mm-hmm. put, they were putting foot to pavement. They were busting their asses for years. Right. But they got signed because the record label saw though, saw that and went, okay, there's something here. Yeah. Right. They've got that. Oh, they've got songs too. Oh, they have an image we can use. Oh, there's this more aggressive form of metal core that's existing now, which is known as death core. Um, and it is, you know, it all stemmed from that. You know, the MySpace years were interesting because, you know, you could put a song out, you know, essentially, and like it could be a hit in a week. Yeah, I hadn't I hadn't really considered this aspect of it because you're right. This is like maybe I mean, especially well, this album, you know, I think probably Facebook had already been an established thing by this point, but you're yep. still but throughout the band's career, it would have been an all yeah. MySpace type of deal. Uh, and that's a, that's a certainly a really interesting way to look at this. And I think based on my age, even I'm 28, I really yeah. didn't, I didn't use MySpace in that capacity. I knew that what that part of it was there, but I probably didn't capitalize on it uh, in discovering new music. And maybe that could have just been the things I was into at the time. But um, you know, you were, you're a little bit older than I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were probably playing in, in a few bands around this time yep, too. Like absolutely. what, it, as a, as an underground band or like a local act, like what, how did you navigate? Did you have to do much of a Facebook thing? Was that something that you had taken on? It was, it was still MySpace at that point. Yeah. It was still, you know, we recorded a demo, uh, put up the tracks on our MySpace mm-hmm. and whatever the player was, I can't remember if it was four tracks or three tracks or whatever it may have been, uh, put it on there and we just kind of, spam posted a lot to like get ourselves out <laughs> yeah. there. And uh, we played, sadly, we played a lot of like pay to play places where you had to mm-hmm. sell tickets and, and do all that. And we always got out of it because it was, you know, how are you going to hold kids that didn't sign a contract to like give you money? It's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, plus there's more of us than you. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and, you know, we played a lot of shows like that, but like we definitely were like, that's what we knew to do. That's all we knew to do, especially growing up where we grew up. Uh, in the middle of like, yeah, I, I grew up in Arkansas and we can make jokes about that all day long, but I, will, I grew up, I will do that. I grew up, <laughs> I grew up in the sticks of Arkansas as well. So like there was, I mean, I didn't have a Wi-Fi connection for years. It was all dial up. Mm. So like doing all of that was a lot more difficult. Whereas like somebody in a major city in, in Arkansas uh, is going to have a little bit more access to, you know, the web and have more access to, you know, figuring out how to book shows, book tours, or anything like that. You had to, you had to crank that internet by hand back then. And it was, <laughs> it was like a tap light. You just, or not a tap light, one of the shake lights. You had the shake for the batteries <laughs> to go on. You just had to keep generating. The um, so you'd probably you were talking about touring as well. Yeah, uh, was this like the the age of the Garmin? Was this, uh, or were you still going by? You, you know what I'm talking about? Was it is it Garmin? Is that the uh, Garmin? Is that the GPS? Uh... Oh, we, I mean, I, w- I didn't do my first tour until I was like 20, 21 years old. Oh, who, who, who would have, uh, who was that with? Uh, that was with the uh, Forefathers, the band okay. I was in with Mikey and uh, Cody. And gotcha. uh, I think, man, I think we used at that point, we might have used Apple Maps, but it was okay. still a very early form of Apple Maps because uh, we, yeah. we got thrown on some back roads a couple times. For yeah. Sure. Which, yeah, I, you know, again, 
there is obviously technology available yeah. to a band like this, but it is certainly not not that touring is easy, but you you do have like essentially a computer in your pocket, yep. and I'm sure this band had the Garmin or whatever type of GPS yep. technology or. You print out Google Maps to get to the next MapQuest. MapQuest. Um, Yeah, MySpace is definitely, uh, definitely. I wish I had done a little bit more research into this. I wonder if they. I wonder if they even have a page still up. I've I've tried to like log into my old. As far as I know, it still exists. Ooh, Uh, MySpace still exists. Let's see. Oh yeah, I wonder if. I wonder if their page is still up there. Just I I doubt it. I bet it got pulled down. Oh boy, Dylan Adams. Uh, it's uh very, it's very bare bones. There's some broken links on here for sure. Still, yeah, my MySpace still exists. Um, they uh they got like uh so they have a I think Justin uh, Timberlake bought it out if, uh, about ten years ago yes. or something like that. Uh, so I'm looking at the animosity page right now. All uh-huh. the pretty much all the pictures are broken except like are <laughs> are like broken links. Uh, they have decrepit birth is on here for their top eight. Uh, job for a cowboy. Uh, Alcatraz. Uh, Mine just says, uh-oh. Uh, there's um, some pages here for similar artists. You know, Job for Cowboys up there. they yep. influenced by Magma and Meshuga. Uh, they have three tracks listed. Oh, they're uh, influenced by Magma. That's that's funny. Yeah, there's uh, Thieves from Empires. Uh, Thin Retro God uh, featuring du- the, you know, it's like Altered A Drum Corpse? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, they did a drum corpse thing. Uh, Terminal existence on uh, shut it down. So mm-hmm. yeah, kind of funny. This is still, you know, they still got uh, twenty seven thousand likes, maybe or followers on here. Interesting. That's wild. Uh, but yeah, still, still up and running in in some capacity. That's pretty cool. It's MySpace was a thing. Um, you know, it was a great social media tool. Um. It was a great social media tool when it was around and it was the precursor to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you name it. And it was, um, I mean, it was used by a lot of bands. Some bands booked their whole tours through MySpace. That's crazy. I mean, there was that, that era. I mean, it was a great tool for a lot of underground bands. I don't even think, you know, when we used to book shows at at the house, you Mm -hmm. know, I lived at a house we would, you know, I didn't do it often, but when we did, I would, you know, use um facebook a lot of the time to kind of yeah. invite people to do like events and stuff like that and i feel like a lot of people had that avenue for trying to get people out to their shows but i don't i don't really think that happens much anymore i'm not no. i think you know instagram uh is king in my world i don't know people are using like be real and all these other things that i have no yeah even the slightest knowledge of <clears throat> Um, all these shows could be <laughs> being scheduled through TikTok or something. I wouldn't know it. It's it, it is odd to think because I've been out of it for so long that mm-hmm. how how things are booked, how you go about promoting it. Sure. You know, if there was a show when I was a kid, it was like, hey, throw it up on on MySpace, throw it up on Facebook. You know, yep. everyone's going to see it. It's going to go word of mouth like that. They're going to share it. That sort of thing. I mean, Facebook has basically become Boomer World at this yeah. point. Yeah. You know, it's just. Oh, my pants have the button on the wrong side now. Robble, robble, robble. Like that kind of thing. And, you know, Instagram has great reach too. I mean, what's great about Instagram is like you've got visuals of it, right? So you can like do videos, short form, everything like that. 
Uh, you can even do a tour walk down, whatever. And, and TikTok's a great tool for that sense too. Um, but I, you know, I wouldn't even know how to book anything at this point. Uh, I never really knew how to book things. Uh, it's just like, oh yeah, we're putting on a show. People will show up, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I think this band definitely could have taken a little bit more advantage of that. I could be wrong. Maybe they did. And it just, you know, powers that be, maybe they weren't greasing the right palms, that, that sort of thing. Maybe they weren't playing the game the way that you had to play it. Um, but I think musically now, if they dropped a record, it would probably, I mean, it could be fine. You know, if, if yeah. animal came out today, I think it would be, uh, a rad record. I think it would get a lot more steam than it would have in 2007. It'd be interesting. I, you know, again, I kind of like our human remains episode. What would this band sound like now? You know, what things would they try? There's really only, uh, you can keep asking these questions, but you know, I don't, I don't know if it, it doesn't seem likely, but, um, you know, you have these few records, they kind of stand as a nice little, uh, time piece, I guess, Yeah. you know, just a, like, hey, this is what was really in at the time. This is where the this was where the shift was happening. Um, and they were kind of early on into it, it seems like. So um, I enjoyed it as a as a really like a first time listen for me myself, like in 2023. Yeah. I, you know, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it would be kind of cool to see something like this again. Um, but, yeah. you know, obviously these bands, all the uh, these members are involved in numerous other projects. So there's, you know, if you're a fan, you can still support these uh musicians in all of their endeavors elsewhere so yeah absolutely uh if anybody's never checked it out give yeah. uh, animal by animosity a listen all right we have reached the point in the episode for some recommendations uh i'm gonna throw one at you i don't know if you've uh checked this out i believe it features some former members of the hardcore band gulch uh we've been kind of talking about uh death metal uh, that was influenced by hardcore. Yeah, uh, certainly. Uh, there is no better example of this than Spinebreaker, in my opinion. The new band uh, just dropped their latest EP, Cavern Great of name. Inoculated Cognition. God, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it is it. out. It is out now through Creator Destructor Records. Uh, I mean, it features uh, literally six tracks. Uh, some really fun death metal, uh, groovy. <laughs> Uh, really heavy breakdowns. I mean, uh, there's so much of this out, but I think this band kind of stands out. Uh, Absolutely. It's a fun EP. It's a quick listen. It's like 20 minutes or so. Um, so you know, I I was a big fan of some of the, there's been a lot of like different projects that have kind of split it off, split off from Gulch, uh, whether it be Tsunami. Tsunami's or, the one I know. Uh, Drain. Um, That's right. There might, there might be a few others out there, but uh, this is a cool, I would love to see this band live. Uh, I definitely recommend the EP. I think this is like a really cool step in the right direction. Um, I believe they, they may have some other things out there as well. I think there's a, I guess maybe there's an album that came out in 2016 uh, titled Ice Grave. Uh, but uh, this is, this Perfect. was a, this was a first introduction for me into this band. I would highly recommend uh, checking it out. You can stream it in full now. There's a couple other things out, a couple singles as well. Um, the uh, new uh, project from Boris and Uniform. I don't know if mm-hmm. you've uh, checked this out as well. Uh, they've uh, begun doing a kind of like collaboration record. It's a, like almost like a hybrid band, but uh, like a full, new- full of hell Mersbo. 
situation. Yeah, full hell, primitive man, full hell, <laughs> and so and so. I think they're actually they're doing a couple things. They got a, a collab with uh, nothing. Uh, the kind of shoegazy band from uh, Oh, Full of Hell does. Uh, yeah, they they have that in the wow. works. I know that. Okay, and then and then they also just recently uh, posted some stuff that I they're working that. on Drum another clips. LP. So the vocal one know, was the most hilarious thing I've seen. Oh, it's so funny. Uh, one of the hardest working bands out there. Yeah. No question about it. Uh, uh, but this that primitive this, uh, band split was something. That is so heavy. <laughs> Literally <laughs> so heavy. Bonkers. Uh, scraped the paint off the wall, man. It was. Yep. Uh, I getting to see um I've seen Primitive Man once uh-huh. at the end in Nashville and of, of course I forgot to bring earplugs my yeah, I was it rattled me up. yeah rattled to me to my very core uh quite literally one of the heaviest bands I've ever heard my um, hearing think, has not been the same since I saw them and that's not even a joke like literally my hearing has been shot and I saw them 2 years ago at uh, Dark Matter yeah uh they um I I think I remember seeing a story uh, that Ethan, uh, the front man of uh, and bass player of Primitive Man, uh, had said that, uh, you know, I think he's friends with uh, Sammy of uh, Good Whore. Okay. Maybe there was like a festival or something. And uh, Sammy introduced him to Kirk of Crowbar and was like, hey, man, this is Ethan. He's in like the heaviest band of all time. Uh, Primitive Man. He's like, I don't know. Has he ever heard of Crowbar? He's like, I think they're heavier, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he has a great project, Vermin Womb. Yeah, uh, that's cool. That, that album came out last year. It was uh, mm-hmm. cool. Close Casket. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. yeah. So, and also their um, suffocating hallucination is the name of that uh, full of hell collab. Yeah. Uh, definitely check that out. Uh, this new Boris uniform record, uh, kind of like two very uh, different acts. I would say, you know, uniforms uh, maybe a little bit more rooted in industrial uh, kind of metal. There's some electronic elements going on here. Um, but the, one of the first singles that they released had like some Slayer riffs on it and some cool leads going on. There it is. Uh, there's some cool sing. There's like another single that was just released uh, at the time of recording this. Not surprised. Uh, I'm one of those records. I'm I'm very much stoked for. I believe it is going to be out through uh, Sacred Bones. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Uh, Dylan, do you have any recommendations? Uh, I'm going to say the most recent Frozen Soul record, Glacial Domination. Yeah. Mm. Uh, just another good slab of like bolt thrower influenced death metal. Um, I saw them recently on the Black Dahlia Murder Tour. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I I have a feeling that this band is going to be one of the more memorable bands from that kind of like old school sounding death metal genre, uh, which is good for them because I kind of feel like that's getting a little saturated at this point. There's still really good sure. stuff coming out in there, but the, uh, you know, the more um, memorable ones are always going to stick out. Uh, I'm also going to shout out uh some buddies of mine and buddies of Ooh. yours as well uh i'm going to give a shout out to the christian girls uh based out of nashville tennessee mm-hmm. uh their ep wednesday night church fight came out last year and i've been listening to that quite a bit um and let's see the other thing i've been listening to as a recommendation is a side project or sideband ep from uh, the guys in sanguisugabog I hope I pronounced this right. Oh, it's called Diskinizia or something oh, like I'm that. I'm not familiar with this one. Uh, the I thought you were going to say called... Volcano. No, uh, no, no. The, the album is called. Oh, good Lord. I, mean, <laughs> I can't pronounce this. It's great. It's just like really dumb. Like Sanguasuga Bog is like dumb and caveman enough. But like this band's even further down that hole. <laughs> and it's called 
Microtating deposits of grit through the urinary tract. Oh my god, dude. Uh it's three songs. It's nine minutes long. It came out on Fix My Face Records. Uh it's a lot of fun just for like a quick listen. Um I'm going to touch on uh the Acacia Strain just put out two new records. Uh yeah. one is a one is more of a traditional kind of like heavy hardcore record, and the mm-hmm. other one is like a doom record. And it's got, I think I think Dylan I from think Full Hell's on that one as well. Dylan's on it, and Ethan's on one of the tracks. Perfect. From, uh, so it's like it's all there. It's uh, great. So it's like uh, they put out I a dual record. All of those bands basically released something. Obviously, Full Hell and Primitive yeah. Man together, but then they all went on tour together. And uh, yeah. I know That's it came right. through they here. Sure uh, I didn't catch it out, or I didn't make it out to it. But um, yeah, that's kind of a cool. It was a. I don't know. It was a cool lineup. You know, yeah. maybe. I saw maybe a few people griping about it or whatever, but I think it's a kind of a cool, uh, diverse package of bands yep. on that one for sure. It's cool to have that in a touring package because then you get to see variations of things. Like I mm-hmm. felt, I enjoyed seeing the black Dolly murder for the first time. I felt like that package could have been a little bit more varied up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phobophilic is a really cool band. Um, you know, uh, Frozen Soul is a great band. Terror mm-hmm. was on there. They were a Hell lot yeah. of fun. Um, and the Black Dahlia was on there. I know I'm forgetting a band. It was a five band. Did show. you see uh, Fuming Mouth? Was that Fuming Mouth was on there? Yeah. yeah. But it felt like a lot of the bands were kind of similar in vein, and I feel like there needed to be a little bit more variation. Sure. And I I think that sometimes that's hard, especially in the post COVID touring world, where you mm-hmm. always have to guarantee all of these people to be at the show. So it makes it a little bit difficult. Um, you know, the Whitechapel show I was at recently was Whitechapel, uh, Entheos, Archspire, and there's another band. I don't know why I'm forgetting Signs of the Swarm, which is like a modern deathcore band. And they were all mm-hmm. fun. It was all, it was great, but I still felt like there needed to be a little bit more variation in it. I, I, I miss those shows that were kind of weird. I think the one that always sticks out to me that you and I both went to was, uh, Lemma God, Anthrax, Death Heaven, and Power Trip. Yeah, that was Heaven's kind of the odd duck out in that one. It was a good one, though. That was like right before I want to say Ordinary Corrupt. It was the new Bermuda touring cycle. Oh, man. Which, you know, it's it's fine. It's kind of the weird record. It is a weird record. I would say even this latest record. I I think they're in a good place as a band. But I, you know, I. I appreciate yeah. Uh, the evolution of a band like I would never get on anyone for like I just feel Absolutely. like it's a lot different from what I liked about that band right. initially uh, not to say that they can't still throw down because that's yep. a band that would release something um, you know like I, the name of this escapes me of their latest record but um, right. you know and then they they would put out something that is like uh, more like what's that band like some uh, explosions in the sky. Is that the, That's it. the name of it? Yeah. You yeah. Got it right. And, uh, but then they'd put out like a, like a straightforward black metal track, like black yeah. brick, which they did. And it yeah. was, it's killer. So I don't know. I, I liked and appreciate how eclectic their musical taste yeah. is. And uh, that was a really fun tour package to see. Yeah. Uh, there were definitely a lot of people there that didn't really know how to react or nope. what to do with it. But I think our crew uh, enjoyed the whole thing. I think that was yeah. a fun time and tour packages should be like, that yeah, more, I think I, I want to see a little bit more variation in it, but I know there's a lot more inner workings to it than just saying just some bald 
grown man saying he wants to see more variation in his tour package. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. I guess I could just go to more shows and see more varied shows at sure. that if I really wanted it, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I've been listening to. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much for joining us on another edition of Riff Worship. Uh, we'll be back next week. We're going to be trying some different things here and there, uh, some deep dives, some interviews. Yep. Uh, we got a lot more in store. We're not slowing down. We're going to keep this momentum rolling. But if you'd like to follow us, go to at Distortion891, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for any updates on the show, as well as uh, Vocal Distortion, which airs every Monday night uh, from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Central. Uh, we have playlists out there. You can follow it all there. But uh, for uh, Austin and the Dilbozer, <laughs> you've been listening <laughs> to Riff Worship. We'll see you next time. <laughs>